It's drawn, sketched, and sometimes generated, with monsters appearing here and there. It's the animated monster movie, Adieu. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Sophisticated at our old age, Eric. <laughs> we are. We are. No more uh, fight offs, knockoffs, knockouts, <laughs> blowouts. It's adus. I do. Welcome back to the Monster vs. Men podcast. This is, of course, the bargain basement of the Monster Podcasting Airwaves, where two friends try to stay alive and stay connected by chatting about weekly monster movies. This week, we are discussing our animated monster series with a final adieu, adieu. Alex. Auf <laughs> uh, And uh, we should say here at the top of the show, um, from here on, things are changing a little bit with the show. Um, and uh, yeah, you'll see some changes. I think there's still going to be episodes every week for a little bit here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we shall see what, what kind of happens from there and, and how we change the show. We talk a little bit about it on MBM Plus today, of course. Um, but that is coming. There are some changes. Alex will be, at least for the next couple of episodes, Alex will be with maybe a couple guest hosts as, as they review some movies, some new releases. Um, and then we'll uh, see what the structure looks like moving from there. The show's not ending yet. It's, it's still going. I, we enjoy it too much, honestly. Like that, that's probably the reason, Alex. We can't let it go. Is we just enjoy doing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Alex, like, it, yeah, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's not going anywhere. We're just uh, figuring out the next phase uh, yeah. and getting that at least temporarily solidified, and then it'll probably be re-solidified again next year uh, as it's re-reevaluated. But I yeah. don't believe it's actually going to go anywhere. In either case, <laughs> I think it, at the very least we'll we'll, we'll continue. Or rephrase that: we will be continuing the show. We're just going to figure out how. <laughs> yes. Yep. 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 It'll be good. It'll be good, man. Um, all right. So this week we are kind of doing a recap episode of our animated monster movies. We don't have a ton that we did in this series, but we have seven films. So I'll tell you those seven films, Alex, and then we'll jump in. Okay. So we had, we started with My Neighbor Totoro. We went to Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. We visited the factories on Monsters Incorporated. We took a dive into Batman versus Dracula. (laughs) Uh, We were haunted by Monster House. We stayed a night in Hotel Transylvania. And of course, we heard the legend of Kubo and the Two Strings. I typed all of them out because I did not rank them. So I'm glad you listed <laughs> these out for us so I could uh, look, look at the list. There you go. Did I get all of them? Uh, as far as I know, let me take a look. Uh, double Do a little uh, double check. I think I got them all. I think you impressively did. Yeah, you did. Mm. Look at these you. These are... 
quite an eclectic, quite an eclectic uh, gathering of films here. So I'm curious what question you had for me, Alex, about these films to get us started in our discussion. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to know, of these movies, Eric, Mm -hmm. excluding Kubo and Totoro, Mm. which one had the best art style and which one drew you into wanting to watch more from the creative team or even the franchise? Interesting. So, oh man, yeah. Well, you took the two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. You knew you knew what you were doing with that one. Yeah. So take Totoro away. Take Kubo away. <laughs> I know Christopher Clavero wants us to watch more Hotel Transylvania and do a whole Hotel Transylvania series. I think that would be great. I'm, I'm scratching that one. I'm scratching that one. <laughs> I've seen many Scooby Doo mo- movies. Okay. So I am I am scratching that one. Oh. The Batman versus Dracula oh. is interesting. Um, I liked it for what it was. I don't necessarily have a strong desire to see that series, though. I mm. I think the movie series that I most want to kind of continue with is Monsters Incorporated, actually. Oh, I not- have never seen Monsters University. Never seen it. Oh, okay. So uh, that is the one that I may have to revisit at some point. Um, and continue. I mean, obviously, we know Pixar. I'm not, obviously, but um, I've I've never seen Monsters in Co- or University, so that would probably be the one that I would go to. What about you, man? And, and uh, Eric, just question. so you know, there's a there's a, a Disney Plus monster show. Uh, really? Yeah. So it's got the Billy Crystal and everything in it. So it's wow. uh, it's like ten episodes. So you well, can uh, enjoy that. As well. So I've got a couple things to look into. Yeah, you got a big whole monster thing cinematic <laughs> universe to dive into. <laughs> what about you, man? <laughs> to answer your qu- own question, what would you say? Um, for me, you know, the movie I wanted to watch immediately after we we finished Scooby Doo Zombie Island. I wanted to watch the sequel immediately. Unfortunately, it wasn't immediate. Like I'm saying, immediately a lot. It wasn't available on HBO Max at this time. Mm. Um, so I didn't get a chance to dive in, but I was seriously considering diving into some more <laughs> Scooby Doo because the Batman <laughs> didn't quite capture me. I, I, I've already actually experienced a lot of Dan Harmon's um, other stuff. So Monster mm-hmm. House, mm-hmm. I would have loved for him to do more movies and that's like animated movies like that. But he does Rick and Morty. He, does, he did Community since then. Like he's done a lot. I'm very familiar with his work. And then. Uh, I mean, I like I like Monsters Inc. I want to see Monsters University, but I haven't heard great things about it. I heard it's okay. And then Hotel Transylvania. I think I've seen two of them, and I'm pretty satisfied um, yeah. with that series. So you know that that leaves me with Scooby Doo. Strangely enough, <laughs> um, now in terms of art style, uh, I actually I'm gonna go with. You know, I didn't love the movie that much, but I'm going to go with the Batman versus Dracula. Mm, that that's mm. it, it does have a lot of style. Even if I don't like some of it at times, I do appreciate that it kind of utilizes it throughout. Yeah, I, honestly, Alex, I kind of forgot your original question, which was about our style. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> it was about art style and not just like what you want to see more of. Uh, 
Uh, I'm probably good. I would probably go with Monster House, actually. Um, There's this sort of like exaggerated tone, right? Or exaggerated over the top uh, features. There's a distinct style there, right? That is unique to that film. It's almost looks like bad CGI, but it's almost done on purpose too. Um, And so, yeah, Monster House for me for the style. I think it's a good pick. I almost went that way. And then I, for some reason, pivoted towards the Batman. (laughs) Scooby-Doo too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I have a, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say like any hand drawn style, I'm a little more drawn to than CGI at this point. Um, yeah, most of the time that's the case for me, for sure. Yeah. I have a student, Alex, uh, who's p- pretty close to my own age because I taught him when I was a student teacher years ago. Oh, uh, okay. So I guess he's not really a student. <laughs> he's, he's a grown man. Uh, <laughs> uh, but he loves I'm tr- Scooby-Doo. I'm trying to figure out how you taught somebody and then you're almost your age. Well, because it could have been worse. I mean, I was 22. I mean, just think about it. Gaps shrink, man. I'm 22 teaching like a 15-year-old. Oh, right. I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You teach older kids. Yeah. I wasn't even factoring that in. (laughs) Right. Yeah, yeah. But like I could have taught, I could have been 22 teaching an 18-year-old, but at least he was a freshman, right? This guy was. Yeah. Uh, uh, And and his name Chris, the student, uh, had has a strange fascination and love for Scooby Doo. That, that's a respectable. And, that's that's respectable to me. That's a and, good but man. like he takes it very serious. But here's the thing, Chris was the most brilliant student that I taught mm-hmm. as as a student teacher, yeah. and an absolutely brilliant poet and writer. Yeah. But he he loves Scooby Doo. And he loves critical analysis of Scooby Doo. <laughs> like he takes it super seriously. He needs to do a Scooby Doo podcast where he reviews each episode and every movie. Yeah, yeah. Like he could do that. Like I, I feel like he's like met. He's like had real conversations with like the creators of Scooby Doo. <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, well, he's. Yeah, and there's people who have done like a theory about Scooby Doo that he's like in conversation with. He he's intense with, about his Scooby Doo. So <laughs> this is amazing. This I, is amazing. I this is a rabbit hole. I would more, be more than happy to go down and learn about. <laughs> Got to get him on the, on the show sometime. Yeah, apparently, we'll we'll get him for the sequel. Uh, yeah. Zombie Return to Zombie Island. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, man. So. Speaking of sequels, I have a question for you. Okay. If you were to create a sequel, or another sequel, I guess, for some of these movies, mm. from from all these movies that we watched, which series would you contribute a sequel to? And mm. what's the broad idea of that sequel? Oh, wow. So it could, be, it could be a Scooby-Doo. It could be a Hotel Transylvania, even though those are bigger franchises. Or it could be a one-off film that you want to add to. Um, what do you think? Mm, that's that's really difficult. I mean, I think the obvious answer is Hotel Transylvania Five, where it's a live action. <laughs> so it's just Adam Sandler. Oh, no. 
no. We were, we were, we were like the idea of Kevin James being dressed up as a as uh the Frankenstein, Frankenstein. yeah dude dude this okay, is I a- like that idea <laughs> yeah you know, get Andy Samberg could just play could again yeah. just play the wolf yeah and he's gonna look like the wolf man <laughs> like they're gonna put the hair all over him oh my gosh dude yeah this is this actually is starting to sound like a genuinely great idea <laughs> honestly it would be hilarious if they did a no no like they don't even like redo it right they don't even like do Hotel Transylvania live action they make it Hotel Transylvania five yeah exactly yeah yeah and exactly just, and just make it live action and and act like there's no change whatsoever <laughs> dude and just do all the same antics that they do in the exactly. normal one yeah I, yeah I think I just came up with the perfect movie it would be hilarious that would be so funny. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that would be funny. That yeah, would be great. Yeah, so try to top that, Eric. What about you? <laughs> well, honestly, like looking at our series, I've always thought it'd be. I mean, if you had creative reins to make a sequel movie, mm-hmm. making a Batman movie would be pretty cool to do, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That would be cool. But I also think you could do kind of a. Uh, Monster House sequel. Monster House 2, Chowder's Revenge. Ooh, I like that. I like and, it. And bring a adult Chowder who has become disgruntled at life, who has his own monster house. Ooh. <laughs> Where he torment he torments kids and it could be it could be dark. <laughs> Obviously. It's appealing to the same audience that watched it as they were kids who are now uh yeah, who are now despairing adults. <laughs> that 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 style of movie. See, I, that was the the one I was thinking. Of. I was like, what would what a Monster House is the one I would want a sequel from. But what would that sequel look like? I was thinking, you know, horror movies always have to go bigger and bigger, right? Until you eventually mm-hmm. go to space. Now we're not, we're not going to go that far. This is the second movie. I was thinking <laughs> Monster City mm, or Monster, Monster Tower. City. Where just, mm. there's been all these deaths and the kids. Monster Tower would be cool. Yeah. Monster Tower would be cool. Yeah, it's like yeah. Die Hard meets Monster House. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be good. That would yeah. be good. Uh, all right, man. So, next question. We started this animated series with My Neighbor Totoro okay. and ended with Kubo and the Two Strings. But did we miss out on any films potentially that you would mm. like to someday cover in the future? And is there anything within the string of seven movies that maybe shouldn't have been here? As for what should not have been here, you know, I'm pretty satisfied with this kind of crazy list. Um, Everything feels special and unique. And even like the movies we were maybe a little more down on, I, its style is totally fine in terms of this series so I mean if I had to pick one maybe the Batman but that's only because it's part of an ongoing series right I mean the movie's pretty standalone Mm -hmm. um you just typical Batman lore and stuff like that so there's nothing in terms of having to see the series to enjoy the movie I don't think Mm -hmm. but uh if, if I had to pick one Maybe the Batman, just because it's part of an ongoing series that uh, 
feels like this is taking place in the middle of, right? Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I am glad that we checked that out. Now, in terms of, let's see, films that we potentially missed, man, uh, I'm sure there's plenty. I mean, we definitely missed the Hotel Transylvania sequels. Um, <laughs> and honestly, we, we did, we skipped, uh, we did skip some other Miyazaki movies I maybe would have wanted to check out. Mm. Um, that I think could have been really cool for us as fans of his to cover. Because there's all kinds of ghouls and ghosts in some of those movies. I mean, Spirited Away alone would have probably been a really cool episode to do. Um, oh, yeah. Definitely, definitely one I wish we would have had the time to do. And, you know, I'm sure there's a couple of Pixar movies that are slipping my mind as well. Um that maybe could have could have fit nicely in here in terms of uh having some sort of monster but you know i I feel like we've got a good selection i could have definitely gone a bit longer but i'm interested to hear eric from you like what Mm. what do you what do you think yeah i mean the only thing i'm so i'm looking at our films here yeah i i i am glad that we had the batman versus dracula in there that one is a little random <laughs> and I think we were able to tie it in with the Dracula piece, but I think also the Dracula piece is probably a little better covered by hotel Transylvania, right? It covers more of our basis when looking at these, but I'm honestly, I don't regret any of these films. I, I like them all, um, to, to, for what they do and, and for their role in this series. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we've got to look at, Maybe the Nightmare Before Christmas. I was cool just one. gonna say that. I'm looking yeah, through the list yeah. right now, which is a potential Christmas option for us at some point. Ooh, Alex, okay. uh, potential Christmas option. You know, we like our Christmas special, so uh, <laughs> that we do. There's that. Um, I think Christopher Clavero recommended Pocahontas. I'm not sure why. Oh no, uh, no, no. He, that was because we talked about Disney princesses on Avian Plus. Oh, yes. I, I saw that con. I saw that comment out of context. I'm like, I don't know if we need to watch Pocahontas for a monster series. Oh my gosh, that'd be hilarious. You know, uh, part of me wishes we had done something like Paranorman. Um, yes, I have Paranorman on my list um, here. Um, another one, Weenie. Oh, yeah, I always wanted to see that one, actually. Yeah. Frank and Weenie would have fit well. Paranorman would have fit well. Apparently, Monsters vs. Aliens is a thing. Oh, yeah. um, I covered that on uh, Henry's show. Uh, Mm. Why am I blanking on it? Oh, my gosh. He's going to kill me. Came from a monster movie? Yes. Oh, my gosh. He's going to kill me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And then... uh, Oh, you know, this one, I don't know if this is cheating or not. You tell me, Eric. Hmm. Beowulf from 2007. Hmm. Where that they CG'd they over everything that was like, yeah. live action, kind of. That could have uh, been interesting. It could have been interesting, for sure. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah, that would have been an interesting one. Um, oh, man. I had another. Monsters vs. Aliens. That just made me think of the fact that we haven't had an alien series. Uh, yeah, right. Well, we, well, we had I mean, we an like, alien series. We did. <laughs> we had an alien series, alien and predator series. Yeah, but we haven't had like extraterrestrial series. No, we haven't. 
Definitely, definitely a, a space where we, we could go uh, sometime. Some point. Yep. Um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Uh, all those, I think, are, are decent options, Alex. And, like, I think it just showcases how different some of these films are, you know? Um, there's just so much variety here. But within these films, my next question to you is, are there any threads that you kept coming back to that tied these films together in mm, some way? Yeah, I think I think we're both going to have a similar answer uh, for most oh, really? of these movies, probably. Mm, yeah, and that thread is the horror element mm. that mm. is present really in the best of these. Um, Totoro's Scooby-Doo... Uh, even Monsters Inc. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if the Batman was ever scary, but Monster House, Transylvania mm-hmm. didn't have it, and that was one of our weaker ones. I think the Batman for me was one of our weaker ones, mm-hmm. and then Kubo uh, had that horror element too. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm wondering, like <laughs> now, I'm wondering if the horror element really is what elevates children's movies. Um, in a lot of ways. Again, I think we mentioned this when we first talked about it in Totoro, especially, I know I did. Uh, this sounds like a goofy thing to say, but when I reflect on some of the best, uh, some of the best animated movies, even something like, uh, I think Zootopia is a really great animated movie. Hmm. Um, but it does have little tinges of horror at times where, uh, things get scary or dark or unknown. Um, now I'm not gonna say like Frozen gets scary or anything like that, but I don't. <laughs> it does, also, though, right? I, see, I can't remember Frozen very well, so it you, has you darkness could, in it. You know, tell me like, about it. His, their, their parents die. Yeah, they do. Right? There's darkness in it. You know, it's like some of these some of these horror films, not horror films. <laughs> <laughs> some of these animated films with horror elements. What makes them kind of scary is you have this facing reality in some sense. Mm. Um, and that is a horror in its own right, which sounds dark. I don't mean it to be. But from a child's perspective, like some of the things presented in these movies are pretty horrific. I mean, uh, Up Not has just, the scariest opening of all time. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, but, but they have these elements of facing reality and for someone with their innocence intact that is going to be an uncomfortable um, coming together right of innocence versus reality Ooh. in a lot of cases yeah yeah I, th- I think you're right I, and, and so I, I it's again it's a, I think it's the horror element that really makes movies pop for like the, these children's movies, like you know, uh, like we talked about this on India Plus, but I revisited uh, some of the older Disney princess movies recently, um, and that horror element is really what makes anything exciting. Actually, in some of them, uh, Snow White in particular, like the the, mm-hmm. the, the tension there of whether she's going to eat this apple or not, um, and the or Sleeping Beauty, the fight with the dragon. Uh, and like all these thorns and everything makes that finale so exciting. Um, or did I say sleep? Yeah, Sleeping Beauty. I, I'm starting to get them all mixed up. Um, but 
I think the the best of them have those elements, mm-hmm. but something like even like Cinderella is a, mm-hmm. it's it's good, but it's kind of a a, a little bit boring uh, in some ways also because not a lot occurs mm-hmm. um, except for fun characters and stuff like that. But I just I believe after this series that most of the greats of children's movies probably have an element of horror. Uh, Maybe not quite as much as these, right? Some of these are sort of exceptions in terms of how they lean into it. But Totoro is not a movie anyone thinks horror. Nope. But it does. It has those unsettling moments that make everything kind of magical, but also a little... Just a little scary. And I think that's special. Yeah. Uh, so I, yeah, I did think about that, Alex, for sure. But as I was looking at these films, and I was kind of thinking about the latest film that we watched, which is Kubo. I was thinking about the way that Kubo framed his story through a story and mm. how he had a unique perspective on that story that was later revealed, right? There's just different perspectives there's different perspectives in how Kubo tells a story, and there's a perspective of his grandfather uh, telling the story, mm-hmm. uh, and then the perspective of the villagers and what they do for the grandfather at the end. So perspective was kind of on my mind as, as I looked back and I was looking at all these films. Hmm. You just see elements of perspective in a lot of these films, yes. right? Where there's storytelling elements framing elements that uh, reveal more than what first meets the eye. I think it doesn't, it's not too far away from our horror element, but the, like Totoro, you know, there's a difference in perspective between the children and the adults in yeah. that film in zombie Island. There is the difference in perspective between the cat werewolf <laughs> <laughs> and the gang, you know, right. Monsters Incorporated flips the monster narrative on its head and yes. provides us the perspective of uh, the monsters mm-hmm. <laughs> and why they must scare children <laughs> in in funny ways, right? Mm-hmm. Hotel Transylvania brings in this. Um, it does the same thing as Monster Incorporated does and gives us the perspective of universal monsters while bringing in an outsider to kind of show that difference in perspective. Yeah. Monster House, of course, Never Crackers Reveal, um, is, a, is a shift in perspective to show why he is the way that he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the one that's, that's the biggest leap is probably the Batman versus Dracula. <laughs> right? Um but for me, the the shift in perspective there is how um, the Joker and the Penguin, two of Batman's arch nemesis, are ended up being used right in in that film, and so that's just a different perspective to kind of look at those characters through. So mm-hmm. I, I I see different perspectives in the way that these films are framed, in the way, way that these films are viewed, um, which actually points to an element of sophistication in some of these films that you might not see in many children's films. So I got to give kudos to, to these films that we watched. Excellent point. Yeah. I really like that point, Eric on the money. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> I really appreciate it. We are this, this animated adieu 
really has raised our sophistication. Mm-hmm. I have my <laughs> pinky out right now. <laughs> uh, my tea is great. Thank you, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> On MVM Plus today to talk about those uh, Disney princesses, Alex. We talk about your recent trip to Disney World mm-hmm. um, and y- your perspective of about that trip, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do. We do. Uh, so we get a little bit in. Yeah, we, we talk about the show. We get a little bit into the future of the show. Uh, but then we really spend most of the time talking about uh, your trip and, and getting your kind of review of Disney World. Really, Ooh, Alex. Yeah. So. I appreciate hearing that. Maybe it's it's going to prepare me again for a revisit to Disney World. I've been once in my life. I'll probably go again this summer. It's it's, it's probably in the in the works. We shall see. We shall see. But you can listen to that episode over at patreon.com forward slash Pod. Let's get into our series awards, though, Alex. Staple awards. Mm. With these staple awards, with our series, we usually try to use a film once. Um in this case, I, I think I double dip a couple times, but that's because oh. you know me. I like to give runners up. Right, right, right. right. So uh, we try to use a film only once, and we try to, to, to spread the love a little bit. But Compelling Character Award, Alex, let's start with that. Could be from any of the movies. Who's your compelling character? I have Mother from Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, Dang you, Alex. Just, Dang oh, you. did you pick the same one? <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I stole it from you last week. Stealing it from you now. <laughs> yeah, no, this is just, she's just an excellent character who is, uh, you feel very sad for at the beginning of the film. And then to see her when she is, you know, monkey, uh, and also her aware self before she dies. Um, but then also that evolution of Monkey once uh, the, what is he, Beetle. Once Beetle mm-hmm. arrives and that openness, uh, her whole her whole arc of her just kind of growing and kind of showing that family that could have been in a lot of ways is really cool. So shout out to Mother. Really cool character. Yeah. 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 Um. Mother is my why. character too. Let's hear it. Oh yeah, let's hear why. <laughs> no, I mean honestly, in lots of these movies, I feel like in a lot a lot of movies like Kubo, you might have a father figure in that role. Um, I don't know why, uh, but I feel like in Kubo subverts that sort of trope and and puts the mother figure in this sort of wise guiding role um, because that is essentially what. Uh, is happening like mm-hmm. and lots of times in a hero's journey it, it's it's just a kind of a, she's a subversion of the hero's journey in a lot of ways right the, she's the wise guide she's she's the person that's needs saving in a sense by kubo like the person that kubo is protecting but she's also a, a savior in a sense mm-hmm. <laughs> she she helps kubo out but she sacrificed herself early on in in the film versus later on and she is that guy. She is that Obi-Wan type of character for um, Kubo. And she does all those things. She plays all those roles. So the mother is a complex character um, that I really appreciate. Now, my runner-up is Tetsuo Kusakabe, the father Ooh. from My Neighbor Totoro. Good pick. Um, which I think you chose the mother there, 
as well, didn't you, Alex? Uh, when mm-hmm. we were doing Totoro. Yeah, I did. Which is I funny. Did. Tongue in cheek, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I, I I just really like that character. He he's a fun character. Um, I'm not sure if at times Miyazaki is trying to criticize him, right, and make him a little bit aloof. You know, there's there's that part where, well, that part comes up later in my in our awards. Uh, but there's there's a part where the the tree is growing, you know, and oh, yeah. he's like working in his office doing his his work and studying i think and doing his research and at that point you're wondering like is miyazaki criticizing him um is he aware of him is he just observing him it's an interesting sort of detached Mm. uh perspective that miyazaki has i also wonder you know the kids are left alone uh a lot in the movie Mm -hmm. but it, they're never left alone in a way that feels dangerous. They're never left alone in a way that because the the setting is different, you know. There's such mm-hmm. a, a peaceful and tranquil setting that seems to spur their imagination, and so leaving them alone to their own devices doesn't seem like a harmful thing for these kids. No, it seems like a good thing for these kids in this environment um, because it does spur that imagination. Mm. But I do wonder at times if Miyazaki is if he's ever criticizing that right by the fact that the father isn't always there at all some at a couple key moments and he does have that shot of the father kind of working while this miraculous thing is happening outside his window hmm. um i i don't know what miyazaki is really saying there but i, I still find him a fascinating character because you do see his love it he spurs on the wonder and awe that these kids have and never tries to hold it back you know he's always he's always pushing it forward subtly not not directly subtly so there's a lot with him that i'm still trying to figure out but i I like him as a character well and and from the miyazaki movies that i have seen parents are almost non-existent in almost all of them that i've seen yes Um, yes and so him being present in this is pretty significant compared to something like uh, well, Spirited Away. Service, not oh, yeah, yeah. Spirited Away. There's uh, so much. Well, there's just so much between the parent and the child mm-hmm. in Miyazaki movies. <laughs> we don't need to get into a whole Miyazaki analysis right now, but <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but there's so much there, man. Like Spirited Away, it starts with mm-hmm. uh, the girls Ichiro's parents turning into, turning pigs. into pigs because yeah. they're they're like literally gluttons right uh and so they turn into pigs because they're just being completely gluttonous that's the most on the nose example you know but you also have things like in ponyo you've got the mother you have the absent father the father is absent um and the mother is mad about this the mother's also a reckless driver that puts it it puts her kid in danger right and does a couple things yes but she's also completely tender and 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 Mm -hmm. um and uh, full of empathy and love for her child and for Ponyo. There's a complex relationship that Miyazaki paints beyond maybe spirited away. But maybe I think the key is getting into this perspective of the child potentially and seeing how a child might view a parent, um, which is completely complex, which is sort of mysterious and unique and special. 
And we right. see that in like all of all of Miyazaki's films pretty much have some sort of parent figure in the relationship with the child. So that would be an interesting study to go through all of those Miyazaki films with that perspective in mind. Yes, it would. And Kiki, I, she leaves her home, you know, she leaves right. her parents. And that's a different perspective, too. It's just there's always that parent relationship, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. I, I forgot all about the, the parents. And I forgot all about Ponyo. And as soon as you said oh, Ponyo, yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's great. Good stuff. Good stuff. Anyway, next award. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most memorable line award, Alex. Mine has to go to uh, Scooby Doo. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and it is dog. Where? <laughs> okay. They really stuck to that joke, didn't they? <laughs> it made an impression on me. Alex. It made an impression <laughs> on me. I could tell. <laughs> and my runner-up, my runner-up is uh, Mike from Monsters Inc., who is like, I can't believe it I made it on TV <laughs> <laughs> it so good. Uh, hey, yeah, both your awesome. awards were ongoing jokes okay. oh, I, I like ongoing jokes they're great <laughs> <laughs> hey, too. what about you uh, I had uh, mine was from Scooby Doo it's uh oh. I'm trying but she don't turn on no time <laughs> Uh, and then I also had a runner-up, Eric. Oh, I, this this, this uh, movie didn't get a award other than this. Nice jugulars <laughs> <laughs> from the Batman, of course. Mm-hmm. Nice jugulars. <laughs> 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 All right, Eric. What about your uh, can't believe that acting award? All right, <laughs> mine goes to Steve Buscemi, Alex. Ooh. Mm-hmm. As Randall and Monsters Incorporated, Nebercracker and Monster House, <laughs> and Wayne in Hotel Transylvania. It's awesome. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's <laughs> that is pretty awesome. Did you know he also played Kubo's dad or a grandfather? No, he did not. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> uh, but then my runner-up is Kevin Michael Richardson. Uh, as Mark Hamill, I mean, as the Joker. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did a, <laughs> did a great Mark Hamill impression. Uh, what about you, man? Uh, I'm gonna go with Nick Cannon as Officer Lister. I gave this the award uh, back then, but I just thought this was just such an absurd and hilarious character. And honestly, who expected Nick Cannon to do it? But he did a great job. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> Funny choice. I like that. Yeah. Uh, oh, that's a good shot. Um, I had the... This is a... So, originally in the episode, the Totoro episode, I, sele- I selected the suit gremlin reveal, where they all mm-hmm. pull back. But this time, I actually like the the shot of um, them getting ready to go up into the attic. Just because yeah. it, it's oh, it goes back to that shot. horror moment, right? It's a little yep. scary. It's it's a little scary. It's ominous. It slowly kind of zooms mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. Um, really cool shot. I, I I love it. And then also I've got a shout out, but or uh, a uh, I've got a backup. But I, I want to hear what your good shot award is in case I was about to steal it. 
Well, I have a runner-up, and it might be your shout-out, and it's the sister okay. coming out from behind the other sister. Oh, so good. Yeah, that's a good In one. that sequence. Yeah, that sequence is great. That's that's my runner-up. My, oh, that's a good shot, is the shot of, it's like a, uh, basically a long shot of the girls and Totoro bowing down to the tree and the oh, tree yeah. sh- shooting up. And the music playing in the background. It's just such a mystical moment, and I love it. So it's hard for me to go with anything else because it's just – that's an image that's just ingrained in my mind. Yeah, you, you've mentioned that moment like years ago when you were talking about that movie to me. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, my my, my runner-up, Eric, was actually the crane shot from Monster oh, House. What a shot. What a shot. <laughs> Isn't it awesome? It's uh, a great sequence. <laughs> it's a great <laughs> sequence. It really is. Um, Eric, what about your unique award? Mm. So I was just thinking big, big awards, you know, like, uh, you know, best actor. So this is best animated monster. Oh, I thought about going with um, the skeleton Kaiju from Kubo, who's just fantastic. Right. Uh, As far as monsters are concerned. But best animated monster for me goes to cat bus uh i love cat bus (laughs) uh cat bus bus holds a special place in our household uh that we have like a little stuffy that we play with that's the cat bus and cat bus is just well known and incorporated in our household lore so cat bus (laughs) for us that's awesome yeah Um, what about you for me, mine uh, was the most busted logic award, <laughs> and this okay. goes to a movie that is very good. I, I think I gave it a Godzilla tier, um, but its finale is a bit of a mess. I'm gonna give you Monsters Inc. Step up, <laughs> C- come come to the front. <laughs> Yeah, that logic. You're right. The, You're right. The, the finale is it's creative, but it's also almost too illogical. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I in know. some way, I know. in ways that me and Eric both had problems with. It. <laughs> if I have a problem with something, you know there must like a, with a plot point like that, you know there must be an issue. Yeah. So so I, I gotta you know I, I gotta call Monsters Inc. out a little bit on its finale, but you know again overall still a great movie. The beginning of the end for Pixar, right yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. After they made like six more amazing movies after yes, that, at least it was that it was the finale there that really the that that was plot holes that yeah it really was that, did them in. It was that was the finale, and then there was also that six movie encore, and then it went downhill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for the encore, but really started there. Uh, <laughs> All right, man. Time to rank these movies. And I don't think this will be a long ranking discussion this time. I'm going to guess that we are fairly in line. We're going to have a couple of disagreements, but I yes. think we're going to, I don't think we're going to be like incredibly far apart. I really don't. So I'm going to start with my number seven movie, which is Hotel Transylvania. All right. Hotel Transylvania. Um, you know, for the sake of, Mm. For the sake of the rankings, you know what? No, my number seven is the Batman versus Dracula. 
My number six is the Batman versus Dracula. My number six so. is Hotel Transylvania. So I'm more than happy to make Hotel Transylvania number seven, though. Yeah, we are not too far away. I'm okay with either one of those. Uh, they're pretty interchangeable to me. Um, mm-hmm. They're the two movies that were my lowest tier for sure. Right? They were both, I think, lower gamma tier. Yeah. Um, none of these movies made actually. Eric, you liked the Batman quite a bit. I did. I did like the Batman quite a bit. I think you're right. I think that was a kind of a mid gamma tier for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but Hotel was definitely a low gamma tier. None of our films were Gabra tiers, which is good. Um, maybe I was going soft on a couple of them because they're animated. I don't know. But uh, no, honestly, good. yeah, I, I, I'm not too down on any of these films. When we get into the next films, though, like there's kind of the next tier. The next three films are sort of that um, Gamera middle to Gamera plus. And so my number five is Zombie Island out of seven. Mm. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, I think this is where we might start getting mixed up a little bit. Uh, I think because the weird thing here is I think everything else for me. <laughs> I think all of my other movies I made Godzilla tier. <laughs> I think I did. I, I don't think I think those two were really low gamma tier for me, and then I think I made the rest of these Godzilla tier. Oh my um, gosh! <laughs> so uh, I, I would say my number four is going to be number five. Number five is going to be. Oh, this is so hard. Monsters, Inc. Mm, okay, well, my number four is Monsters, Inc. Okay. Yeah. My number four is going to be... Trying to... My number four is going to be Kubo. Oof. I know. Okay. <laughs> Oof, all right. Yeah. Okay. Remember, I remember I had a lot more problems with some of the narrative choices. Um, you did you in did. that, even though I liked. I still, it's a great movie, but that's just why it's a bit lower. Mm, all right, my so my number four was Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which I mean is a good movie, <laughs> really good. But my number three is Monster House. Mm. Um, so we're getting into some like top gamma tier territory, borderline Godzilla tier, Monster House. Uh, I just really appreciate how it goes into its premise. It do, it is flawed, um, which is why it's not a Godzilla tier for me. I mean, not that Godzilla tiers aren't flawed, but it does have some issues with I, its exploration of Nebercracker and trying to build sympathy and empathy for him. I like what it's trying to do there. It just doesn't go far enough. But it's still what it does, and well, it does great. Like, I love the horror elements in that movie. Um, It's a genuinely scary kids' film. So, Monster House for number three. All right. Yeah, that's a good pick. I think my number three is also Monster House. (laughs) Mm. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. What's your number two then? Scooby. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh, that is great. That is great. 
Oh, I, see this movie. It, there, I think there's no doubt that there's a tinge of nostalgia watching this as well. Mm-hmm. But I also just had a really great time watching this. Like I really had a, a, a smile on my face, and I was constantly thinking, like, this is nice. <laughs> <laughs> So, I love it. I love it, man. No, I mean it is nice. <laughs> Scooby is good. It's fun. It's fun to watch. As I said, I know, I know. It didn't have the hex girls, Eric. It doesn't have the hex girls, but the three, four, and five films were all similar to me. Um, like I could have interchanged some of those, honestly. And in Zombie Island was just just happened to fall as the fifth spot. That's okay. I, yeah, I liked them. I liked them. My number two is a movie that. This is the first time I saw it, um, and it surprised me the most, which was Kubo and the Two Strings. Um, I think Kubo is really, really good. Um, My only issues with it are kind of pedantic, in a sense. Um, So I, I I can't criticize it too much because of how much I did appreciate from that movie. Uh, and just the the animation, the art style, kind of blows me away. And when you put a really cool story on top of it with really cool characters, uh, I, I loved it. I loved Kubo. That's awesome. Love to hear it. Eric, Great. looks like we have yeah. the same number one, then. I think we do, man. My Neighbor Totoro. That's right. It's such a timeless movie. It takes you into places that are otherworldly while being completely in this world somehow, which doesn't make sense, but it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like it's a foreign world that's not far away. Um, but it's a foreign world. Mm. It has those those horror elements that you mentioned that are right below the surface that can start to manifest themselves at certain times. But it really is just a movie that the best testament to it is I, I I have yet to meet a kid that you put that movie on. It does not capture their attention. Mm. That's impressive. And it's not capturing its attention in a Coco Melon sort of way. No. It's capturing its attention in a completely different way. This is how like much just, it stuck with my with Gwen. Yeah. We, we yeah, went to Disney. It. We uh-huh. walked into Animal Kingdom. They got that giant tree in the middle. And she yes. just kept going, it's Totoro's tree! It's Totoro's yes. tree! And we hadn't seen that movie in like two months. Oh, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's how much it sticks with them. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that I mean, that's that's the type of impression it leaves, right? Like, mm-hmm. honestly, like that is a, it's a formative type of movie. You know, like, if you want your, like, I would recommend, if, if you're saying, okay, I want my kid to like a, grow to appreciate movies in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. Right. Show them Totoro. Like that's where you need to, that's where you need to start. Start with Totoro and go from there. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I agree. That's what I do. Uh, yeah, man. Good stuff. Good list. I don't think we're too far away. Honestly, our tiers are pretty much the same. Um, yeah. 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 But yeah, I, think, I, I don't think we have any huge debates on this go round. No, I, 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 there's not. There's not enough to fight about, like uh, like a Godzilla list or anything like that. 
uh, here. I think, like you said, we're able to, I'm able to freely move a lot of mine around. Yeah. Um, and we both have the same number one. So, yep, for sure. <laughs> the works. same number one in our same bottom of our list. So there's, yep, there's just nothing exactly. to really to, to get into it about. Nope. Uh, and Alex, I'm excited to see what uh, we get next week. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to have a, a guest host on next week, and we're going to cover a most likely a most a relatively recent movie that's been in theaters. Uh, I'm not sure which one yet. It'll be a surprise, but I'll have a plan going forward uh, off of that movie. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. As always, thank you for listening to Monsters vs. Men. You can leave us feedback on this episode at nvmpod.com or email us at nvmpod at gmail.com and we'll read those on the show. You can also follow us on message us on Twitter and Instagram at nvm underscore pod. Become a bargain base my patreon.com forward slash NVM pod. Receive weekly bonus content, including special reviews, interviews, and host chats. And if you can't join at this time, a review or a share always helps. Monsters vs. Men is produced by Alex Cornette. Executive producers are Kevin Alexander, Faye Basier, Christopher Cavero, John Freeman, and Michael Herndon. Special thanks to our wives, comma, rock band for PlayStation 3 with form sublock B, Louis Loops, Senior Honda, Drew the Collector, our Instagram connector, and you, as always, the listener, for listening. Until next time, Alex, don't forget that she can't turn on no dime (laughs) (laughs) and try Try to to stay stay alive. Mafia, wake up, wake up. You have created a monster and it will destroy you. Nice jugular.